Welcome to today's episode of The Winning Ticket. I'm your host, Bobby Kravitsky. Joining me today, an individual who in the world of sports handicapping is a walking bucket. You can find his work at Sports Memo, Wager Talk, and Gambling.com. 28-year professional sports handicapper, John Ryan. Thanks for having me, Bobby. How, how are, how's everything going for you? John, everything is great on my end. This is my favorite time on the sports calendar, October, where everything is in action. I mean, it just doesn't get any better. Uh, you're absolutely right. The World Series starts tonight, and I'm in the uh, Princeton, New Jersey area, so it's uh, for fans of uh, Philadelphia sports teams, Bobby, it can't get any better because tonight's game one, tomorrow's game two. Penn State plays at home at noon tomorrow. Sunday, the Eagles are on at, at uh, Sunday night football. Monday is game three in Philly. Tuesday is game four. Thursday, it's Eagles again. I mean, it just can't possibly get any better. What a stretch run, and we're going to talk about that Eagles game here today as we break down this weekend's NFL slate. And then John and I on the Predictive Playbook, his show, are going to dive into the world of college football and our best bets for the weekend in CFB. John, let's start with a division rival of the Eagles. That is the Dallas Cowboys at 5-2, and two, hosting the 3-4 and four Chicago Bears, who went into Gillette Stadium and embarrassed the Patriots on Monday night football. For me, the play in this game, it's much like last week when we discussed the Cowboys and the Lions and that minus seven figure in favor of Dallas. It was a little pricey, a little rich for some people. I like these big numbers for Dallas against these specific matchups against the weaker teams in the NFC North. So this one's even higher. It's minus nine and a half, but I'm not scared off by it. You can get it at minus 115. This is a Dallas defense that is allowing the second fewest points per game and yards per play. They're now fifth in forced turnovers after having the good fortune of going against Jared Goff. They're yielding the second fewest touchdowns in the red zone. And I like this Cowboys team to once again handle business against, like I said, a weaker NFC North opponent. And I'm with you, Bobby, 100%. I think Dallas is going to steadily close that gap to the Eagles, and it's not going to be you know, a runaway division championship for the Philadelphia Eagles because of what you said. You know, the, the scoring is down in the NFL this year, and I haven't figured out exactly why other than poor execution, you know, starting with that game we saw last night. And it just seems like every Thursday night is watching almost like a preseason game where teams are trying to figure out uh, which plays they're going to run when the regular season starts. But Dallas here, you know, with Prescott coming back, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get rolling, get the chemistry back, the timing, and open up the playbook again. But the defense is really, really good. And I think they are the best defense in the NFL. They're uh, second allowing 4.9, sixth allowing only 305 yards, and number two in opponent points per play. And that's an important metric in my models, Bobby. That's at .229, which means that exactly that. Every play an opponent runs contributes .229 points on the scoreboard. So it takes a, a lot of plays for an opponent to rack up even a touchdown against this defense. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas holds the Bears to under 10 points in this game. Yeah, I think Chicago is going to struggle to score. Justin Fields is coming off one of the best games of his career against New England. At the same time, he threw the ball 21 times. He had an interception and finished with a QBR of 57. For context, 50 is average. And again, this was one of the best games we've seen from Justin Fields 
in the NFL. I think that is a testament to you talk about the Bears maybe not even putting up a touchdown in this weekend's game. There's a lack of weapons. The protection is not good. And they've really done a poor job of, you know, fueling and promoting Justin Fields development, especially as a passer. And that does not bode well for Chicago keeping pace with the Cowboys. Can't agree more. I think I'd play prop bets under Justin Fields, uh, uh, passing yards, for example, I think that's a good opportunity. And I'd probably take Prescott over passing yards. Yeah, John, I'm with you there. I think those are great calls. And then we'll get to a rivalry matchup in the AFC East. The Patriots head to MetLife to take on the Jets, looking to bounce back after Monday night's debacle. And I like New England in this one, minus two and a half. So a small spread between two evenly matched teams, despite the records being five and two for New York compared to three and four for the Patriots. You can get that two and a half spread at minus 114. And to me, the key here is what happens defensively with New England. I think they are once again going to spin the dial on Zach Wilson, who's going to be without Brees Hall, their home run hitter. And I think that the Patriots will also find a way to prop up Mac Jones and give him access. John, what they've been doing, I don't know why, but they've been running a different playbook with Bailey Zappi compared to Mac Jones. And it's made life more challenging on Jones. Now the only thing that matters for the Patriots, because the playoff ship has probably sailed, is getting his confidence back up and not doing further damage to his development. And to me, that means you give him some of these plays that you've seen work with Bailey Zappi. I agree 100%. It reminds me of the situation in Dallas with Cooper Rush. They simplified the playbook immensely there. And now they're opening it up again. And you just can't open up a playbook. And Mac Jones is in the same position, in my opinion, as Zach Prescott is. And uh, it may have been very smart for Belichick to take him out of that that debacle in that last game uh, to preserve his confidence as a young quarterback and a future rising star in the NFL. Uh, The Jets' uh, defense here has been very, very good. And this team is definitely not the Jets that we used to know. However, on defense, they rank 20th in third down conversions allowed at 42%. And this is where New England and Belichick are quite good. They will set up the offense so that they have second and short, third and short, trying to get yardage on every single first down play, making it easier for whoever the quarterback is to execute plays and move the chains. And that is the recipe to beat the New York Jets, in my humble opinion. Yeah, John, I think you just laid out the formula there and absolutely nailed it per usual. And then a game in the NFC or a cross-conference matchup that I want to get to, the Raiders at 2-4, and four, taking on the Saints at 2-5. and five. This one, to me, is a gift from the betting gods. You can get the Raiders at minus 1.5 and, and minus 105. I am aware that what I'm about to say about uh, Las Vegas, I almost said Oakland, but about Las Vegas's offense – I am aware how well New Orleans has done statistically, despite injuries to wide receivers and the Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston shuffling around. Dalton now the starter going forward, at least temporarily, because he might lose that job any week, maybe even after Sunday. I still, you can't compare the talent here. When you look at Las Vegas, they are generating the third most points per game. They're top 10 when it comes to yards and yards per play. They are also way more effective on the ground when you look at the fact that they're producing the second most rushing yards per attempt. Josh Jacobs had three touchdowns last week. He has more rushing yards this season than nine teams in the NFL. So to me, not only do I really like Las Vegas offensively, but then you flip it over and you look at the Saints 
and what's going on with them with some of these key injuries. Marshawn Lattimore did not practice yesterday, so that's who they would want going up against Devontae Adams in coverage. To not have that could compromise the entire structure defensively and change what they have to do. If, for instance, now they're doubling Adams, it makes things easier for Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and company, not to mention that running game that I just referenced. And then offensively, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, and Adam Trotman all did not practice either. So this is a banged up Saints team that I think is in trouble despite this game being at home. And I I agree with you here too, uh, Bobby. I think Las Vegas is by far the most undervalued team of all the teams in the NFL right now, and especially a a losing record team like this at two and four. They lost their first three games, as we all know. And a lot of that had to do with poor execution. They had five turnovers in total in those three games. Since then, no turnovers in three consecutive games. They came off the bye and took care of business against Houston, 38 to 20, easily covering as a seven-point favorite. And I don't think the market is anywhere close to pricing the Raiders correctly in this uh, matchup and probably for the next several weeks they could literally rip off two or three maybe even four ATS wins here playing against New Orleans at Jacksonville which Jacksonville isn't the team we thought they were when they lost to the Eagles Indianapolis I think they can beat them at home and then Denver on the road so it's right in front of them to get back in the hunt here in the AFC West and a little betting angle, too, supports them uh, pretty well here. And I will pull that up very quickly here. And here we go. Uh, we're going to take betting against all teams where the line is between the threes, meaning plus three to minus three. After a road game where both teams score 24 or more points, and with the game taking place between weeks five and nine, which usually is the month of October, and much like the PGA Tour, Bobby, that's kind of like moving day. You know, the whole month of October – is, okay, we had warm-up in September, then it's moving time for those teams that are going to contend in the playoffs. That set of parameters, 24-7 and seven over the last five seasons for 77% against the spread. I love the analogy. Your models always come through for people. This is why you're on the show. And, folks, give them a follow at John Ryan Sports one if you're interested in making money. Usually a pretty good thing. Most people are. And I'm with you. There's a course correction coming at some point. But for instance, this weekend, you can get the Raiders at minus one and a half, and that's on FanDuel for minus 105. Well worth taking action on. I can't agree more. It seems too good to be true, and it makes me a little nervous, but I'm on the Raiders. Right. Maybe we're walking into a trap here, but I don't think so. I think we come out of this one with some cash. And then Steelers and Eagles, we talk about Philly. What a better time. I mean, you can't think of a better time to be a Philly sports fan than right now where some of these teams are rolling. The Flyers look promising, and there's more excitement about them coming into this season. I'm not going to talk about the Sixers just yet, but they should be fine in the long run. Maybe there's a coaching change there. We'll see. Getting back to matters on the gridiron, though, they host the Steelers. It's more reason for Philly fans to celebrate. This is another one, John, a huge line that I'm not scared off of. Minus 10.5 on FanDuel. You can get it at minus 115. This is a Steelers squad that ranks in the bottom 10 in points allowed. And then offensively, I don't care if it's Trubisky or Pickett. Neither one is up for getting a win or covering the spread in this game. Pittsburgh is producing the second fewest points per game. And then you look at the Eagles, the last of the unbeatens, and they're top five in both categories. Yeah, I think the Eagles take care of business here. The The natural thing for a, a you know a sports better to do is you see the Eagles undefeated. 
and Pittsburgh got throttled a few weeks ago by Buffalo, but then they come back with a stunning victory, and you think, well, this is just too many points. Eagles, you know, are not going to win by double digits. Well, I, I think it, this could get pretty ugly. And undefeated teams, by the way, from week four, in other words, they're 4-0 or better from that point on, that our favorites are 10-0 straight up and 9-1 against the spread. So that, that trend is in force. And I'll, I'll put this as a caveat. Tom Brady was also 10-0 with a losing record coming off a loss going into last night's game. That didn't work out so well. So now he's 10-2. and This could be the same case. But these trends, what I'm trying to say is if you follow them over the course of the season, you're, you're going to win more than you lose in more likelihood. So I, I like the Eagles here quite a bit. And the storyline with the Eagles – and I'll make this quick, is their defense. Uh, tensions on Jalen Hurts and J.B. Brown, and, and well, it should. But that defense right now, led by Fletcher Cox and a bunch of other guys that are flying around the ball right now, is playing a very, very top-level defense. So down the road, when we see Dallas collide with the Eagles, that is going to be one heck of a game, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I hope that Dak's good to go for that one and we get a more accurate measuring stick game. It's clear that the Eagles are better. They're one of the two best teams in the NFL, and the Chiefs are right there, just narrowly behind Buffalo and Philly. At the same time, when it comes to Sunday, Eagles and Steelers, the discrepancy there, it's just too large of a gap for me to have confidence in Pittsburgh. So 10 and a half, I'm not scared off by that at all. Take Philly in this one. And then we have the Titans at four and two, rallying to go on a four-game win streak, taking on the Texans, who are 1-4-1, and one, this matchup in Houston. But I like the visitors in this one. Minus 2.5 for minus 115 on FanDuel. John, Derrick Henry, in his last three games, has come alive. First, it was 22 carries for 114 yards and a touchdown. He followed it up. They gave him the ball 28 times, and he produced 102 yards on the ground and two scores. And then... Over the weekend, 30 carries, 128 yards. So he has become the Derrick Henry that we know, the MVP candidate, Derrick Henry. And he get, happens to be going up right now against the Texans defense that is allowing the most rushing yards per game at nearly 165 and the fourth most yards on the ground per carry. So to me, this is a matchup that really bodes well for the Titans at a low price, again, minus two and a half. And on top of it, if you want to play Derrick Henry getting two or more touchdowns. You can find it at plus 240 at Caesars. So I would take a chance on that against the Texans defense that is also allowing the fifth most rushing touchdowns. And again, I'm, I'm with you on this one too, Bobby. And just to be a full transparency, we didn't tell each other who we liked in these matchups. So I got to think that when we're in agreement and in aligned on a, on a betting opportunity, that probably is a good thing, I would humbly say. But what is most impressive to me, the Tennessee win streak, Bobby, is their defense. And it starts with the, the, that front seven. In the last four games, no team has gained even close to 100 yards. The closest, obviously, was the first game with Las Vegas, a 24-22 big-time win that Vegas kind of handed to them. We still didn't know if Tennessee was real, but they are real now. And as you said, with Derrick Henry running the ball, sets up play-action pass, they can make every game as if they're playing in the mud and slow down that opponent by just grinding out first down to first down for first down and, and having control of the clock. That's how Tennessee has won the games. 
Uh, last week, they, they allowed 65 yards to the Colts, 43 yards rushing yards at Washington, and 38 yards at Indianapolis. That's spectacular stuff, Bob. You know, I think it continues, and I think this line is cheap. Yeah, I think the Titans make it five in a row and once again beat up on a bad team. So once again, this is a game. John and I in agreement. Like he said, usually that's a good thing. Even if you just have John's endorsement, you're likely to make money. So stick with us on this one. And then out West, the Niners looking to bounce back after getting shellacked at home by the Chiefs. They're now three and four on the season. They take on the Rams, who are three and three in L.A. I like San Francisco in this one at minus one and a half, especially. And you can find it for minus 105 on FanDuel. Christian McCaffrey, it's a chance to get him further integrated into the offense. It's also an opportunity for a measure of revenge for what happened in the playoffs last year, losing to the Rams. And this is an L.A. team that ranks 26th in yards per game, 28th in yards per play. And they're also producing the second most turnovers. To me, Matthew Stafford looks washed up. He's got eight picks to six touchdowns and a QBR rating of 45.7. So to me, I like the Niners to go into L.A. and get a victory. Again, I'm with you on this one, too. And I agree with the uh, Stafford situation that it's a totally different situation when you're looking at Mac Jones and the other quarterbacks that are struggling in the league, including Tom Brady. You know, Brady had 305 passing yards last night. I, I don't think Stafford can get to 300 without throwing two picks. And maybe we'd have to add the interception yards on the return to get him over 300. And I haven't figured out what is wrong with them, but it's really odd that a reigning world world champion like they are uh, would perform so badly. The good news for the 49ers is that despite their record, despite their starts and sputters, they're still in contention for the playoffs. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This team is the second uh, most undervalued team next to the Raiders on my power rating. So I like the, uh, the 49ers here as well. And uh, let's see, we have uh, road teams where the line is plus three to minus three after failing to cover the spread in two out of the last three games and with the game occurring in the first half of the season. 66 and 27 against the number last 10 years. That adds up to 71% backing the 49ers. Play that back and write it down if you need to. Always take John's advice, a sharp among sharps. That wraps up this edition of the winning ticket. But before we go, John, the stage is yours to promote any work that you want to share and let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Well, I appreciate it very much, Bobby, for having me on the show. And uh, we're, we're cruising along in college football. I'm going to have a 5% max bet release, which is akin to other people's games of the month or their games of the year. I try to stay away from the hype, uh, but you can get on board with me on that play. I'm 31 and 11 over the last 18 months Monster. with 5% max bets. So I like my chances tomorrow. Never a promise that it's going to win, but if it doesn't, you'll get Sunday's NFL absolutely free. In John Ryan, we trust. And on Tuesday, I'll break down the weekend that was in the NFL and college football and share my takeaways from both. You can find that on Believe.com, the winning ticket YouTube page, or wherever you get your podcast from. And please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. It goes a long way. For John Ryan, I'm Bobby Kravitsky. Thanks for tuning in to the winning ticket.